You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John. We're capping off the Blackguard saga. At least I, I think we are, I, if I counted the numbers of episodes correctly. Well, All right, so we're going Yes, so we're going to start off with A Prisoner for Christ. Nicholas Adamsworth uses the Imagination Station to experience the story of Onesimus from the Book of Philemon in the Bible. I really like this episode. I think it does a good job at telling kind of like an unknown story. Now, I will say, I was a little confused as a child concerning what, everything that was going on, but I think it's a good story. It's yes, it, I agree. What what always interests me though is that what always interests me about this episode though is that it's so early on. Like I don't think it should be this early on because it's such a it's such a more obscure story. Right, but that is one thing I like. They didn't shy away from doing some of the lesser known stuff right out of the gate. It's true. As I will say. To- no, say what I was going to say, as opposed to, we did all the big ones, now what? It's true. And I and I do appreciate that. I, I was reading the information on the episode, uh, and it, the first discussion question on the wiki is, why was Nicholas so afraid of Eugene? Uh, which is kind of a gimme question. Yeah, I know. This is a kid's questionnaire, though. Um, I will say this. Philemon... I mean, I'll say this. I I like this story a lot. Philemon is like a very... It's a book of the Bible that has quite a bad past in American culture and American history. What? I, I assume you're being facetious, right? I really don't know this. Well, Philemon and, like, the stuff in Philemon was used to justify, was one of the books used to justify slavery for a long time in America. Oh, okay, I get, that actually makes and sense. And so, partly, which probably some of our listeners know, slavery in Roman times was very different than slavery in America. Uh, and also, like, it's more like, you did a crime and you were put into like indentured sort of servitude. Like that's the, that's the better equivalent, but also like there's a huge, like radical, like change from like the mat. Like I, the problem with Philemon is Philemon's a letter that gets sent to it. And we don't actually know the outcome, but I think it would have turned well to kind of have like an outcome that like showed that like, Oh, they're on this, like the revolutionary idea of Philemon is that, the servant and the master are on the same level. That's like the like the super like revolutionary idea that's in Philemon. That like modern day like Romans back then, and even like you know other people would have just been like, what? Like that's like so like crazy of a concept. Is in Christ we're all on the same level. Yes, and that uh, definitely doesn't get that vibe off. Yes. Like, it kind of turns it into this weird story of forgiveness, which I think in the context of the episode does well enough. But it's it's a little, like, given what the story actually is and the 
connotation. It's it's a little weird, I guess, in my head. No, I definitely know what you mean. It is certainly interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I do kind of wish Nicholas had stuck around, though, because as they point out on the wiki, this is the last time we hear from Nicholas before the power where he turns into a shady character. We brought this yeah, up last it's... week, obviously. But... Yeah, I mean, it says he showed up in some ch- in the cheerleading episode. Oh. But, like, I don't remember him at all in that episode. I don't either. So it must be one of those weird, like, you hear him very briefly. Right. I would also point out, this is how we were kind of confirmed. Nicholas is a Christian, when you think about it, because he knows a lot about the Bible when he's on that adventure. Yeah. So, not in a bad way, just something I like to point out. And I think this is on one of those classics albums we had, because I remember, again, it was like that New Testament one. It was one of the few that wasn't a multi-part dry Bible story. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Oh, this is going to be fun. Good business. Robin Jacobs thinks she can earn money the easy way by starting her own business. But soon she learns it's not so easy after all. Man, it tells you so much of the mindset during that time that people, like, sent emails and saying that this was, promo- like, is it, are you promoting communism? Yeah. It, it is certainly weird. Yeah, like, where it it really was supposed to be, I mean, I guess in the sense it's, it's going against the cap, like, uh, the capitalist idea of, like, exploiting your workers. Yeah. But, right, the fact that people were like, are you, like, saying that we should be communists tells you a little something about people. I, I would agree with that. Uh, I do have thoughts about this episode in general where, okay, I do agree Robin should not be taking half of what Jack and Oscar make. I do, however, think Robin's making all the phone calls, setting everything up, finding clients for them. She deserves at least a cut of what they're making. Yeah. Let's also point out Robin's doing this for a flat rate. It's true. No, let me say this. Robin if she's organizing stuff, should be making some, like, should be making money for the organizing. But it is, like, pretty apparent, like, she's not telling them about some of this. And it's, I get, like, it's hard because it's, like, right, as a business, when you're working for a business, you know, like, someone on top is making more money than you and making money off your work. But as a kid, you're like, isn't it something like, oh, you get 10, I get 20. Yes. So Robin is charging $10 per yard, so she's giving them five and yeah. taking the other five. I mean, it's totally fine. And that doesn't even account for is, I know. And that doesn't even account for is Robin mowing lawns herself at this point. I don't, I think the implication is she's just not doing anything. Except and, the phone calls. Yeah. So she's doing the phone calls, which like, here's the thing. We did a lawn mowing business growing up. Here it up. comes. It's not that hard to find people who want to hire kids. Yes, we could we could do a whole podcast of stories of people who tried to take us for a ride. Right, but like it's it, it, there's a difference between raw. It this is the problem because it's like such like it's a business adults actually do. There's like a difference between like the levels of quality 
and like yes. how hard it actually is to schedule some of this stuff. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a good episode. I think it's a good. It's about go getting, doing your own business. I do find it very funny. People thought this was communism, but it was the late eighties. The wall was probably just about to come down. Well, yeah. I mean, they say yeah. it's because you know this in, in, that like no managers or people making money from their business. My guess is it's people who ran their own business who like which not always wrongly do things where like, you know, make money off of other people. And they're like, no, like, are you implying like, that's how capitalism works. And it's like, well, it's more arguing, like you should be doing your own work. Yes. To some extent, it's not saying you can't make more money than someone else. And you can't have people working under you. It's saying like, you should also like be making sure you're putting in your work. And like you should, and you should do some sort of work. And there's also maybe a lesson here about overextending yourself. It sounds like Robin's doing a lot of lawns by herself by the act break of this episode. Right. Like you could have kind of formed it to be some, you know, a little more like you overextended yourself and these people were wanting to help you and you took them for a ride. Yes. Although Jack and Oscar clearly don't stay at the Lawn Mine business that long, because our next episode is Heat Wave. Jack and Oscar solve a mystery of a strange kid with an armload of lumber. It's too hot to mow well. I mean, I guess that's true. The grass got scorched. And Robin's even in this episode. I wouldn't like, be shocked. I wonder... That is funny that Robin is in this episode. I wonder if... I mean, in fairness, when we mowed, if it was too hot for too long, the grass wasn't really growing. Well, that is true. Yeah. They don't need to bring it up. I'm just surprised. Like, I assume it was going to at least last till the end of the summer. But. Mm hmm. I remember those two weeks we got really cheap lawn mowings, everybody. Yeah. Okay. So there's actually a lot in this episode I want to talk about. It's interesting they chastise you for using your imagination the wrong way. We'll come back to that in a few weeks, but yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird choice. Yes, uh, it is interesting that Digger Digwillow is kind of one of these apocryphal Odyssey characters, the first Imagination Station kid, and the one who builds Wonder World. Yeah, but well, I just want to point out. The imagination running away with us. The car we've we've talked about the carpet episode, right? Yeah. That was also Jack. That's true. I wonder if that was just like Jack's thing is like an overactive imagination. So that's like part of like the whole idea is that like when Jack comes, it's because his imagination's running wild. That's true. But it's it is a little weird. Especially because a lot of it doesn't seem too bad. And he's basically doing the, but like when he goes into it being like, who is this kid? It's like, it's legitimately like the same thing as the carpet episode, but like slightly less bad. Yes, but it, everyone's curious about it. So I don't know if that's a bad thing. I mean, I guess it's a bad thing no one talked to him. Yeah. But. All right. I do want to talk about the album number, but I do just want to also talk about what I think might be the single greatest comedy device Odyssey has ever brought about. Okay. Lay it on me. I, d 
I don't know if it's just because this is this is weird a weird piece of comedy, but the bad joke buzzer scene to me is so well done because they basically just do an old vaudeville bit and admit it's bad, but hope if we ring this alarm enough times, you won't notice. It's pretty good. I will say this, like re-listening to it and when I got older, it's a much funnier joke. I think as a kid, I was so confused what was happening in that scene. Yeah, okay, yes. As a kid show, it does sort of sound like, kids, this is supposed to be a joke. Yeah, like, I feel like Odyssey sometimes has some truly good jokes, but, like, as an adult, like, that's very funny. But then as a kid, I feel like I was always, like, vaguely confused, like, what's going on? But I was also, like, I think I could have just been vaguely confused as a kid. For so long, I feel like I had trouble differentiating between, like, a lot of the older male characters in Odyssey. It's like, what? Like, not wit, but, like, Tom, Jack... And Bernard, not as much I got confused about, but I feel like Jack and Tom, I was just always confused to as who. I, I can understand that. All right, so I just want to point this out. Heat Wave, the lawn mowing episode, and whatever episode was before that, oh, the Nicholas episode, got moved to album six when this got released on albums. I think partially so they could fit all the Blackheart episodes onto a 12 cassette thing. And actually, Encounter with Miss Hooper was on there too until they moved it back for the Gold Audio series. I get moving Encounter with Miss Hooper back, because that has Richard Maxwell in it. How do you feel they kind of shuffled these episodes to another album? They kept Family Vacation. Just as a reminder. It's, I mean, it's a little weird, I guess. If you, uh, listening to it sequentially, I guess it's a little weird. You know, I don't know as much, like, you know, stuff with kid shows especially. Like, if they're just like, it's this season, I'm just kind of like, okay. Like, even if, like, the last episode was summer, I wouldn't be, yeah. like, that bothered by it. I would just kind of be like, okay. So, like, no, that, it's either, you know. Right. I mean, I do get it. It's so, all the Black Red episodes can be in one album, so people who can't get the other album aren't freaking out. I do think, though, listening to them in order, it works a little better to have four episodes in between Blackbird getting Blackbird's Castle and this this is another reason i think it would, be, it would have been a good idea if connie went to go work for him or wits end shut down at the end of the nemesis so there's some push and pull of what's going to happen yeah i like, agree because i i do like because it you know with these episodes you get the sense it's like oh it's like been a, like if you if you're thinking odyssey's like in real time like listening just like it's been a month like maybe yeah. he could have opened it in a month which i guess he could have yeah depending on how ready he was. Um, but... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is weird. You are right. In the album, it's like one episode. And it's like, oh, it's the finale. Like, I remember, like, it's like, oh, okay, now it's now it's the end of the Blackbird thing. Yes, I, I would agree with that. And you Speaking just kind of have to assume times between it. Yes, I would agree. All right, speaking of the end of the Blackguard thing, the battle, parts one and two, 
Regis Blackard and Richard Maxwell use a modem to hack into Wit's End to try to steal a computer program, producing some tragic side effects. Okay, so my biggest complaint is everything just happens a little too fast. I agree. And, like, the Applesauce program is weird, because they don't... They It's just kind of this program... Do they officially reveal in this? I can't remember from when I re-listened to it. Do they say it's, like, a government thing? Or is that not until Waylay in the Windy City? I think there's a quick mention that he built Applesauce for something more. I don't think they said the government. Okay. I think this is a good... I mean, I think... I You know, we talked about how... The enemy? Is that what it was? I'm so The dumb. nemesis. The nemesis. The nemesis. It's a little clunky. I feel like this episode's real good. It's smooth, it's just you run through it really fast. Yeah. Like, they could have... Maybe they should have had a... Episode that takes place at Blackguards, or, like, even, like, a Lucy episode that's a little more focused with Blackwell and Richard Maxwell. Yes. Uh, and then have, like, a two-part battle episode. It's hard because I think they didn't quite know how to write, like, big action or as much conspiracy. I mean, the bla- the original, this original run of Blackguard wears this plot on its sleeve. It's very clear, like, Blackguard's the villain, they're after this. Yes. What what can we do that's a big deal? Like burning down a place. Well, that's true. Although it is called the battle, and I don't... I mean, I guess it's a computer battle. Yeah. And nobody says it's a spiritual battle in the comments. We all know that. Um. Yeah. Right. And again, because this episode ends with Lucy getting hurt in the exploding imagination station, wit closing wit's end. I'm just saying, maybe if Heatwave and the Boeing episode were dropped in between those two... Yeah. I also get that's a little dire to leave someone in the emergency room for two weeks and then come back to it. It's true. I mean, I'll give them credit that it it truly raises the stakes. It does make me wonder how much of Odyssey at this time was like putting a child or like something in a semi precarious situation and like that's supposed to like be like, oh and it like it does, like I'm worried about this child. But I do wonder right. if that was, like, kind of a go-to they had to some extent. I don't disagree with that. No, I think you're you're right on there. Um, It does feel a little funny that they basically just implied it's, like, an arcade with video. Like, clearly someone on the writing staff, I don't know of as much now, had, like, such animosity towards video games. I still think you see some of that. They're like, video games bad even though there's odyssey video games because you have this where they're like it's an arcade it's noisy it's loud even like where it's like biblical video games like there's a sense where it like with the jason and jack thing that'll come later like ah oh, like it's too noisy and loud uh yeah you're definitely right there there's the whole um uh, the, it, the whole episode where they go into the video game, the whole, like, thing about D- Jimmy disobeying his parents was about buying a video game. Like, it's always from this, like, dubious viewpoint. Yes, and this episode very much implies video games make kids wild. Yeah. And I don't know, there could have been a nice contrast between, you know, Mr. Whitaker kind of expects all the kids to be nice and organized and not loud and... Yeah. 
just a thought. That could have been a good thing. Uh, I feel like they mentioned this episode, Connie and Lucy used to talk all the time. When did that happen? Yeah, I mean... I guess it would have been... I think the implication is, like, every kid talked to Connie at wit's end, to be honest. Yeah, I I think you're right. Like, that's just kind of, like, the idea. It's like, oh, yeah, like, of course we're, like... Connie's, like, the cool high schooler who works at our favorite place, you know? Yes. Okay, that's probably true. So, going through the climax, Imagination Station explodes, Richard starts to feel guilty and goes to try to apologize to Lucy. Can't really do it, but then won't stay, and Lucy calls him a coward. That is kind of brutal for Odyssey. That is brutal for that time. And they definitely say she was wrong for doing it. Which I find interesting. Yeah. Like you'd think I mean, they'd they work have... out the way to say, you can't call someone that. I think I think the Odyssey staff fully believed you are being a coward right now, Richard Maxwell. They have the whole forgiveness thing. Like the forgiveness yes. episode. Uh I will say I want to retract it, they clearly do say it was a classified government program in the episode. Oh. I'm very sorry. I forgot that. Okay then. Perfect. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's go- a. Sorry. Oh. Well, and then he just goes to Blacker, tells him the password is destruct. Did he know that, or did he just guess and what hoped it worked? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, it, I think maybe the implication is he like looked into applesauce or something. Like, because isn't he, like, analyzing applesauce? And maybe, like, yes. he's working to try to find the password, found, like, a destruct sequence in there or something? Probably. That could yeah. actually be it. Or may- maybe he was just hoping it worked. Who knows? Uh, so, yeah, Wick comes to save him. And, yes, the police do arrest him, so he probably did. That's how they found out he burned down Tom Riley's barn. Uh, I think. I think very clearly, yeah. Right, and everything kind of goes back to normal. He erases applesauce, and Chris gets a little wraparound about how this summer has been real exciting for our friends in Odyssey, but scary at times, too. Now, let me... Yeah, it's a little bit of a... Like, oh, a kid went to a hospital. This is a little bigger of a deal. Yes. Now, I will say this. It's weird because Wit ends with deleting applesauce. Yes. But clearly, I mean, I guess maybe the idea is he deleted it from, like, the... I mean, the whole thing about Applesauce is weird that he created this, like, program that connects everything in Wit's End, and he included Applesauce in it. But clearly, like, it pops up on a few occasions. But, like, it's clearly still in Wit's End because they type in Applesauce into the Imagination Station at the end of Novacob, and it blows up. So clearly something weird's happening because it's still ingrained in all of Wit's stuff somehow. That's true. We'll talk about that more as we go along, but that wraps up our first Blackguard saga. Yay. Yeah. I mean, it's good. You can kind of feel they were not making up as they go along, but maybe we're piecemealing things together. Yeah. But also, again, you are right. Blacker is just such a well-executed villain. You really forget he does not see Wit again after this. It's so weird to think about that way. 
I could be wrong. We'll get to Wayland in the Windy City, and I might be proven wrong. But it was just shocking to me that, oh, right, they barely interact. Like, everything in the third act's done over a computer. Yeah. It's just, it's the unfortunate, it's the unfortunate problem that they just needed a little more, um, they just need a little more time to flesh some of it out. I mean, I think the, and I wonder if the idea was to have more with Blackguard and Wit, and then, you know, Hal Smith died. Right. I, I would concur. So, oh, go ahead. And just like, you know... I mean, we've talked about how Darkness Before Dawn was originally conceived that it could have been an, a finale for Adventures yes. and Odyssey. But like, well, for a finale, we got to have it be the big Blackguard wrap-up. And then they wrote it in a way where it's like, well, we can't really bring him back continuously. So, Right. It's also hard when they like have the finale be like, oh, this like big thing. And it's like pretty like obvious in odyssey that like stuff went down although in darkness for dawn they like a kind of hand wave it to be like that was richard maxwell not me it, it is true it burns to the ground and like maxwell never calls out blackguard in the press i almost wonder if it would have never calls out blackguard yeah that's the weird thing i almost wonder if it would have been better had Blackguard stayed in Odyssey and he showed up like trying to do something maybe every like three to four albums that they could never catch him doing it. Yes. I would agree. That's actually a really interesting concept. I'll keep that in mind for my show pitch. But anyway, we have one more episode. And I've got to get going. So quickly. Okay. You go to school where? Robin Jacobs and Esther Langford switch places for a day. Esther Langford is homeschooled. So this wouldn't have been this... air for years, but they. Oh, go ahead. It's not on the club, is it? No, it's just on the podcast. Now, I will say this. I think I know the reason. Why? I do think, listening to this, it could be one of the worst Odyssey episodes. Well, that is true. Especially... And, like, you clearly... Uh, Paul McCusker, because I think he's the one who talked about it, clearly yeah, is embarrassed by it. Like, he... He, him talking about it before it on the podcast, he's just like, yeah, like clearly he's like, why did this one win? I didn't want this one to ever see the light of day. Well, I, I don't remember what the other four in the poll were. I'm sure Lights Out at Wit's End was one. Right. I, I'm going to go try to find that poll, and if we find it, I'll bring it up next week. But you are right. It's a bad episode. They're clearly all embarrassed by it. I would also say this, because apparently homeschool people wrote in saying it was bad. I would say it makes being homeschooled sound too exciting. Yeah, like, so, okay. Right. I mean, so they said the episode came to be because they wanted, like, Odyssey people were like, why isn't there a homeschooled family? Like a homeschool kid. And I actually agree. Yes, I think that would not be the worst idea. The one problem is, especially with how these people thought about homeschooled people, they can't actually effectively, like, interact with the other kids. Because apparently, like, homeschooled people have no sense of a lot of stuff except for church. And honestly, yeah. at this time, they didn't have any church center plot lines. Like, they didn't have that much happening at a church. It was all, like, school. 
or wit's end. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And so, I there's a problem with like having them interact with kids. I think I think if you wanted to, like the Barclays could have been homeschooled. Like I'm kind of surprised they didn't do something like that because you know that's like a, a I mean they interact with other kids, but very like centered on their family, which is probably what you'd have to do for like given how they thought about homeschooling kids from this episode. But I feel like people cat, he was never homeschooled, so. Right. But I feel like this is, like, they thought, like, oh, we should write an episode about homeschool instead of, like, let's write just a character that is homeschooled, which is, I think, what people yes. wanted. I agree. And, right. So, I do think the worst part, like I said, at the end of the episode, we hear the one complaint Robin has is she gets too much one-on-one -on -one time, but the girl, the other girl, Esther, has this laundry list of complaints. No talking time, too much of a schedule, da-da-da-da-da. It's just like, guys, you, you, you maybe leaned a little too much into... Every day, you're going to go on a field trip and be with a fire engine. Yeah, it's... I mean, presumably, it's... Be, it's also weird, like, some of, like, the... Pra, like, I don't know. It was a weird context where it's, like, instead of just adding up random numbers, I added up my house's, like, like electrical Electric bill for the month. Which isn't bad. Like, I don't think it's bad to have practical stuff. But, like, I don't know if that's what, like... Will and I were never homeschooled. We were at a private Christian school, which is a weird mix between the two. Yes, I would agree. Sorry uh -huh. if anyone from that school is still listening to this show. But it's, I don't know, like, so much came off as bad. Like, everyone, like, both Robin, Wit, and Dale, the homeschooled child and the homeschooled mom they all came off as bad in this episode i would concur like the yeah, whole not, like yeah. i beat her like thing she's like you beat her like the first like re response to it like that woman is not like which i feel like like a stereotype like oh like they're more like worried about that type of stuff it's like instead of being like oh what game did you beat her and she's like you beat up a kid yeah, I, I agree. Not the brightest moment. I mean, at least she's not, the homeschool people aren't played as over-sheltered, which I guess is kind of a win. Well, I was about to say, though, is she so... This is bad. Is she so sheltered that she's never seen any sort of media with a school bell ringing? Oh. That's a good point. Like, it's it's like... It's not maybe not sheltered, but like so like unaware. Like they're like I get like homeschooling was like a phenomenon that was building up steam at this point. So Robin not knowing as much stuff, but that girl should have some sort of awareness of how school operates. I would I would agree with that. So yeah, I think this might be the low point about it. Here's the problem, though. It's more competently written than some of the early days stuff. But yeah, the story itself is just bad. Nobody makes sense. It is weird that Esther is voiced by the girl who would eventually voice Melanie. Yeah. So, anyway. Tell us your homeschooling experiences in the comments. Maybe we'll read them on the next show. Well, it's, it's, it's totally fine. Like, it's just like, 
I just don't think it accomplishes anything it really wanted to do. It upset public school people. It upset homeschool people. And yeah, listening to it, the entire episode is just like, eh, like, like, like real cringe. Like, you're just like, oh, that's so like, just badly written. Like the story, storyline wise, it's like fine. But it's just, it's almost like I feel like they did the Dale thing later. Because, like, they were, like, even, like, oh, Dale should talk about, like, well, they like these things. But then, like, wait, the yes. only positive they could come, real positive they could come up with public school is she learned about instruments. And, like, which is something that very easily she probably would have found out other way. Like, I don't, I feel like homeschool people are not, like, oh, I've never seen, like, been introduced to instruments before. I feel like a lot of homeschooled kids learn instruments. <laughs> That, yeah, you're right. Okay, so... And right, the, we'll the, the get... positive about homeschool is, like, oh, I get to go on field trips to see, like, a fire truck. Yeah. You know what? Uh, Gabe, a former host of the show in the old days, was homeschooled. I'm going to get in, in contact with him and see if he'll talk a little bit about this episode. And we'll, we'll stick it right here. Thanks, Gabe! Unless we didn't do that. Or we didn't, or didn't respond, in which case, sorry about that annoyance. All right, that wraps up the show. I'm, I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.